0: Welcome to the Davis 10 soccer podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA division one athlete. And the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Kiesel Broom. Kiesel played his collegiate years at Providence College, where he captained the team and started in every game of, of his final two years. In a record-setting year for the team in 2014, Kiesel had his best season, posting a career-best 1.1 goals against average to to go along with eight shutouts. He was then drafted in the third round of the MLS draft by the San Jose Earthquakes and went on to play with various professional teams in the United States, as well as the Barbados national team on the international level. A native of Delaware, where he was ranked the number two recruit in the state, Kiesel now serves as president of Edmiston and Evans a marketing agency in the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania area. Kiesel, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer podcast.
1: Oh man, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. So, Kiesel and I go go pretty far back. Uh he was actually my my first uh my first official roommate um living in in, in the dorm freshman year. We actually had a a pretty pretty sweet setup uh, at least for, for dorm terms because um, we had our own bathroom in our dorm so we didn't have to use that <laughs> that communal bathroom that the entire floor used so it was uh, me no. Keezel and uh, another another kid Shane and uh, we had a we had our three beds in there spacious room we had a little corner room and we <laughs> had our own bathroom so that was that was uh, that was pretty clutch <laughs> yeah we had good times man yeah real good time. I'll take it back any day we can go back and do it <laughs> Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, when I first, Kiesel was one of the first, I remember when we were all in that senior year uh, of high school and we're all just kind of like committing to different schools and things like that. I remember Kiesel, uh, I played against him uh, during club soccer because he played for FC Delco and I played for Gachi. And I remember like before the game, you know, we kind of both knew that each other was going to Providence and he came over to kind of dap me up and I was like, damn, this guy's big, bro. Like, I was like, this guy's a football player. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. This guy's like, he came <laughs> over and then all oh, my voice, was like, oh, who's that? Who's that? I was like, oh, like that's the goalie. He's like, yo, dude's like a football player. I was like, I know, I know. I'm, I'm sure he can move. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so yeah, wow, that it's one crazy. of the I yeah. yeah. forget about that.
1: That's yeah.
0: <laughs> and, um yeah, and I also I also spent a um the summer of my freshman year, um I spent up at at Providence, um at least during during the weekdays. I would go home on the weekends, but I um I spent the week the the summer up there my freshman year because um I just I. I needed to get fit, and and the coaches knew that, so <laughs> um, I stayed up there. I didn't really have a, have much of a choice, so I stayed up there just just kind of you know doing some getting some extra work in. And um, and Kiesel, I remember, you know, definitely did not necessarily need to get the extra work in. He was actually, I think, I remember him being. More fit than some of the field players, um, at least on the fitness oh, test. Least, on the fitness test for sure. I don't
1: know about a four ninety, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, on the fitness
0: yeah. test. But uh, but Kiesel, you know, voluntarily, you know, stayed up and and uh, I actually lived in in the same house with him. We lived in a buddy's house and lived in the same house and and it uh, just stayed up that summer, just getting some extra working. So I remember that. Remember that pretty vividly.
1: Good times that way. <laughs> really good times. We had coach white sessions and director oh, yeah. games and yeah we had yeah, wow. That was a good time <laughs> Those times so hot too.
0: Real high. Yeah, those summers were those summers are bad. I remember I was just like, man, I don't know if I could do this today. Um, <laughs> but Kizo, uh, he he posted something. I think it was, it was. I don't know. I may be wrong with this, but it was maybe a couple years ago at this point where Kizo posted something on his Instagram mentioning that that he was retiring, and it was just you know it was a it was a pretty detailed post, and I remember I, I commented just saying that that man that Kiza was one of the, if not the hardest working dude I know, definitely uh, definitely one of the hardest working dudes I know. Man was man was sweating through three shirts um you know every <laughs> session. I remember that. So um, you know, it's a pleasure. Pleasure having you on on this show.
1: Hey man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you for having me. I'm looking to get into it. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And um <clears throat> so we'll, yeah, let's just get right into it. So how did you uh how did you get into soccer and and what initiated your your love for the sport?
1: You know what, I think that how you know, all of us kind of start out, like, you know, you're three years old, four years old, and your parents just throw you in soccer because it's, like, the really only sport you can kind of play at three years old. Um, and at that point, I just kind of enjoyed it. I think I, I don't know why, I feel like I still remember, like, scoring my first goal where it's, like, you know, just like a little pug goal or so like, a 20-yard field, and, you know, you just kind of swarm to the ball. Um, and then, you know, I tried other sports. I tried T-ball. I had an awful experience with T-Ball. I'll never forget. Like, I was up to bat, about to hit it, and all of a sudden, the, this cloud just opened up and it downpours and just canceled the game. I started crying. I was like, yeah, I'm done playing T-Ball. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, basketball, like, I did it in middle school. It was okay, you know, um, ups and down. I just didn't grow anymore. So, like, when I got to high school, I was like, yeah. I was a center in middle school, and then now I'm a point guard. Like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> so I was out of doing that. And then um, I was a kicker in high school, actually, on the football team. Um, I actually really did enjoy that. That was fun. Um, I thought about maybe kicking in college. And um, when I was, before I committed to Providence, I was actually um, getting looked at by Penn State. And in my head, I was like, I'd be awesome if I could, you know, kick for the Penn State football team and also play for the soccer team. And I think that would be pretty sick. Um, but, uh, that's how, I mean, soccer was just always it for me. Um, you know, and how I became a goalkeeper is actually kind of funny. Well, I don't know if it's funny, but when I was younger, I had asthma, so I couldn't run. So the only place that they could put me was in goal. So that's how the whole kind of goalkeeper thing came about. And it's so funny when I was younger, I used to hate getting dirty. I absolutely hate it. Like grass stains, dirt, mud. I hated every second of it. And then all of a sudden they put me in goal and I get to die around and I fell in love with it. So um, i think it's just one of those things where like i just love being the spoiler you know i love kind of having the opportunities like to shut down forwards or strikers or you know take the you know the energy out of a out of a game or a crowd when, you know you're the away team those are things that i definitely enjoy so I, 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 that was that was the thing that i definitely uh you know even now like even though i'm done playing i still train like it's crazy like i still train like once or twice a week with some of my college kids i'm um, just to kind of keep the hands sharp just because i enjoy it more than anything it's just fun for me
0: yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I still remember Kiesel had a, had a rocket of a punt. And, and, you know, I remember him <laughs> saying that he, he was, he could have been a, you know, a kicker in college. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Um, and tell me just to, you know, um, you know, you kind of mentioned that different things about your childhood playing days that you didn't like to get dirty and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, is there, is there one moment that stands out to you as like your most favorite childhood sports memory?
1: Besides soccer and soccer. Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Soccer. Um, you know, there was, I think, childhood. Like, I was probably, like, 12 or 13. And I was playing for this club in Delaware called Kirkwood Soccer Club. And um, at that time, like, that's when, like, ODP and, like, regionals were, like, the thing. Not this academy or whatever they got going on now. <laughs> and there was this one team in Delaware we just could never be. Like, just we just could never be. them. I could never understand why. And, like, that year, we picked up, like, four or five players that were just game changers. Like, we had this one forward. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Actually, his name is Mike Lowe. He came on the team. A real athletic guy. Uh, we had this one guy that was a center mid, um, Zach Dobson. And then we had, like, two or three other, like, key pieces. And, like, that was a, for the first time we beat that team to win the state championship. It was, like, now I'm really dating myself. And it was, like, 05, maybe 04. Actually, it could have been 02, 03, something like that. Who knows? But that was the first time we won, like, the state cup and like we were hyped like i'll never forget it because like that for some reason like it was like a robbery game and like we're <laughs> playing like the state cup championship at like 11 a.m and like the sideline is just filled with people like it was just filled like parents family whatever and that was the first time we won the state cup. And that was unbelievable. We had a great time doing that one. I'll never forget that.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Kirkwood, I remember you. Yeah, I remember you represent that pretty, pretty heavy. So <laughs> back in the day, that was way,
1: that was like the, you know, the the originator. Like that was like the, the way, way back in the day type stuff. But um, yeah, that was a, that was a fondest, like young, young memory for sure.
0: Nice. 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 And, um, and looking back at it, you know, what, what was your dream? What did you ultimately want to accomplish with soccer in the future? Um, you know what,
1: I, until I want to say about, it was definitely after the 02 World Cup, maybe like, you know, 03, 04, something like that. Like, I didn't even know there was like professional soccer. Like, I think there was, you know, it was funny, I was actually on Twitter uh, just before we hopped on and like, you know, they have saying people born from I think like 85 to 95 were in this like really interesting time period because the generations before like knew nothing but like hard work. There wasn't, much, there wasn't really like TV or anything like that. And then the generation after knows how to work really smart and they have like six different emails for like different things and stuff like that. And like we're in this kind of cool generation where we saw the kind of transition of technology and kind of what it is today. Um, and at that time, the reason I bring it up is I think my dad just got satellite TV like for the first time. And dude from DirecTV or Dish Network came in and hooked everything up. And the first thing that pops on the screen is MLS soccer. And I'm watching these grown men play soccer on TV. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, you know, who's playing? Like, I didn't know that there was soccer beyond, you know, and these are grown men playing soccer. And those are professionals. Like, oh, I want to do that. Like, there was nothing else in my my mind. But, like, I just want to do that for the rest of my life because I love playing. Um, and that, and that was kind of it. Like playing professional soccer was the only thing I ever wanted to do. Like, you know, that was in my head. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play pro till I'm like 40. Like, I can't walk anymore. Like, that was kind of my goal. You know, I was just like, coach for the rest of my life. That was like the, the, the mindset. But, um, yeah, man, just playing pro. Um, and then they came to a time where, you know, realizing that obviously, know, like, my dad's side of the family was from Barbados and then just getting an opportunity to do that. And I don't know when that was going to happen or if it was going to happen at a young age, but I always wanted to. Um, you know, but I'm glad that that happened uh, eventually as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, the playing pro is, was, was, I would say is, you know, certainly realistic for you being that you did go on to to play pro and I'm playing pro till 40. That's, um, but as a goalie, you know, as a goalie, I might be, that's that's somewhat possible. That's somewhat possible. (laughs) And, um, you know, I guess, I guess, tell me about, you know, just, just just I guess being that you you, you reached that goal of, of of playing professional, um, you know, would you say that you you reached uh necessarily like the height that you wanted to reach um with that goal? Um, you know what, not really, because
1: not that I have any regrets by any stretch of the imagination. Um, because I ultimately like I achieved the goal. That was great. Um but I always thought that I was for sure an MLS caliber player. Um, You know, just the unfortunate thing was the injuries that happened um, because that obviously, you know, kept me out. Um, But I definitely thought that I, for sure, especially coming out of college, um, especially healthy coming out of college, was I was, uh, for sure, you know, an MLS caliber player. Um, You know, the goal for me, not even just playing the MLS, was I wanted to get overseas. Like, overseas was something that I always wanted to do, whether it was somewhere, you know, East Europe or... You know, a second or third division, and like you know, Portugal or something like that. Like that was something that I always wanted to do. Um, you know, just timing and opportunity wise, just didn't happen. I think part of it was I was really impatient. Uh, like I would, I would be like in the off season, like I would be blown up my agent like every day, <laughs> like anything, do anything there. Like it was, I was really impatient of that aspect of it. But um, yeah, I always thought that at least you know uh, MLS caliber player for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you you kind of mentioned you know you. You, I guess, went a little bit more specific into your goal in, in terms of, yeah, you wanted to play professional, but, you know, you wanted to play at, at certain levels I thought you were, you know, certainly good enough to play at, at certain levels. So tell me about, like, maybe um, the, the highest point in your career where you felt closest to to achieving this goal of, a, let's say, you know, MLS or overseas. What was that that highest point in your career like?
1: Um, you know what? I definitely have this. I think I have two points for sure. Um One was a big, I think 2016 for me was a a big learning um, curve and not, not even curve. I think it was, um, I just, I was learning a lot about life um, in that, in that year. Um, I played for a team, the Harrisburg City Islanders. I wasn't getting paid much at all uh, for anything. Um, So I really, I didn't learn like how to manage money. I didn't learn how to, you know, do all these things. So that, that was part of it. Um, but that was the the most games that I got in my career, and I think I played maybe like I don't know ten, uh, maybe ten, twelve games, something along those lines. And um, being able to be in that environment, um, and just playing ninety minutes, like that's what I enjoyed. Like I, I remember it was a, when I was younger. I used to hate playing games. I don't know why. I was like, oh, this game over yet? But, like at that at that point in my career, man, I loved it. Like halftime, would counts, like. Damn, like that was quick. Like we got forty five minutes of either cold delete lead or figure it out, they get a result out of here. Um but like um I think the biggest moment for me was my, my, my debut for sure. Um and the reason why is because my uh my pro debut came against uh the Bethlehem Steel. And the reason why it was such a big game was because I actually was on trial with the Bethlehem Steel that preseason, that same preseason before. And for me, I, I live close. So it wasn't like I was traveling too far, but I'm just like, I know the coaching staff. Like I know these players, like I played with all these guys before. Like, what's the holdup here? You know what I'm saying? I'm doing well. And I'm like, yo, like, what's the holdup? Like my bank account is depleted. Like I know we make if we make a move, like we got to make moves <laughs> type thing, you know? Um, and then Harrisburg called and was like, hey, you want to, you know, see you play, blah, blah, blah. So I got Harrisburg and I ultimately end up signing there. So when I'm playing for Harrisburg and I'm going against the Bethlehem Steel and half their squad are the, the Philadelphia Union guys, not even like their actual roster players. Half these guys are the Philadelphia Union guys. Like my level, like I was on some revenge. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't understand why you met. You know what I'm saying? Like you done messed up today. Right. And I made it that my rest of my career, especially playing in the USL, anytime I played against the Bethlehem Steel, I knew for a fact that they weren't going to win. Like I never lost to the Bethlehem Steel ever because like I wanted to make it a point that you messed up and you should have took a chance on me like 100%. Like and that was and that was what I made sure of every time. So that was one point cuz I was, I knew if I could do that consistently I'd be on fire. And the second one was my uh, my debut for the uh, Barbados national team. Like for the longest time even in college like you know we would watch the US men play or any international friendly whatever and then you would hear the anthem right when the players walk out. And in my head, I was like, how cool would it be to like walk out, you know, um, listening to that anthem? And I'll never forget it. Like I was, like, we were in Aruba, you know, World um, Cup qualifier, and um, man, you know, you said I was sweating through three shirts, man. I might have sweat through five that day because <laughs> on top of on top of it being hot, you know, just being nervous and you know all that stuff from my first game. But it was uh, an unbelievable feeling, you know, getting my first cap. You know, went into nothing. Um, you know, of Aruba, I had a couple of big saves that you know kept you know kept it at zero. Um, that was something that made it. And our captain at the time, his name was uh, Emerson Boyce, um, who used to play. He was actually the captain for Wigan Athletic when they won the FA Cup in nice. 2012 or 2013, and. You know, he sat me down and was like, listen, like, you play like that, you're, you're going to have a really big future. And that's somebody that, that's playing in the Premier League. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's playing in the Prem, like, the top league in the world telling me that. I'm just like, yeah, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, let's yeah, get it yeah. at that point, you know? So, I think
0: those are the two biggest things for me, for sure. Yeah, nice, nice. No, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's a different type of feeling when you got somebody telling you that that's, that's played with, you know, some of the... Possible best players in the world, or or, or or in England, or whatever it may be. So okay. I can only imagine that's that's a huge confidence boost for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, obviously you you mentioned just originally that that you wanted to you know play possibly as as long as you can. You know, you wanted to play soccer as long as you can, and um, you know, but was there a specific moment when you realized that your playing days would would come to an end? Um. You know what? One of the things for me,
1: I I was always the type of person where if I'm going to, you know, not, not like, fake it till I make it, but, like, I'll do what's necessary to get the job done. And, um, you know what? Coming out of college, um, I'm sorry, I'm going into my last semester of Providence. Um, I was playing I guess, I don't know, PDL at the time. I think it was USL 2 now or USL 3, whatever it is. Um, but playing PDL at the time in Boston, and I'll never forget it. I went up for a cross, you know, a corner kick. Guy came out, cleared me out, shoulder dislocated. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, we're like two months out from preseason. And, then, you know, obviously it's my last year. I'm just like, man, I can't afford this. So, you know, I was shut down for the rest of the summer. You know, rehab, whatever. Came back preseason, no problems. Like, I was like, I was feeling good. You know, out, outstretched arms, diving. I was like, it's going to be a great year. And then literally, Greg... 24 hours before uh, season opener, dislocated my shoulder again. And I'm just like, oh, like, this is a season opener. I think we're at Bryant or something like that. And like the season of 24 hours before, I'm like, Jesus. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not not playing. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, it was my last semester. Like, I got to play. So, you know, we went against Bryant a week later. um, I think we have our first home game. I can't take maybe against URI or like Holy Cross or whatever. 24 hours again before a home would dislocate my shoulder again. And I'm just like, this isn't good. Um, and then I ended up dislocating my shoulder about two more times, like throughout the year. One, during warm-ups against Xavier. Uh, I remember another. We were at Butler the night before, dislocated in my sleep. Um, you know, so my shoulder was an issue for sure. Um, and I've been through the shoulder. I had shoulder surgery back when I was younger. And in my head, I was like, man, like if I get surgery now, like I'm going to be out for six months and then I'm going to miss my first year. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, it was just one of those things. And then um, on top of it, as I'm getting ready to, you know, whether it be combines or tryouts or whatever, I hurt my wrist or hurt my hand. But I didn't know how severe it was till about six months later. Um, you know, I had, so I was dealing with both my shoulder and my hand hurting, going, not even signing a contract yet, just trying to, you know, make a team and I'm just like, man, odds are kinda of stacked against me right now. But yeah. I got I know I just kinda of gotta make it work. Um you know, I ultimately ended up, you know, signing with the Cosmos and um, you know, I got some games, game ends in terms of the reserve team that they had. Um but we found out that my wrist was broken. We found out that my shoulder was in a really bad state and both of them were gonna take you know, six months recovery each essentially. And unfortunately it was on opposite hands it was my right wrist and my left shoulder. So like at some point I was going to be a whole, I was going to be out, you know, and I just needed to literally take that time. But you know how the season, the season is like 10 months and to be out for six of that is, is tough, you know? Yeah. So I was just faking it till I make it and pain management and just being smart with my dives and balls that I can, catch two-handed or just pair with one like it was just like the the mental exhaustion at the end of each practice was crazy because i literally like had to like dissect how i'm going to do this so i can make sure i don't hurt myself uh worse um but i think the what really happened was um once i left pittsburgh in 2017 um i tore my achilles spring of 18 Um, i was actually in new york actually trying out again with the cosmos and i was in new york and um tore my Achilles, and that was the first lower body injury I ever had. Never had any lower body injuries, never tore anything or whatever the case may be, and I was just like, wow. Like, I can't walk, can't drive, can't coach, can't do anything. Um, And to be honest, that's when kind of life hit me, where I was just like, if I can't even walk, what am I supposed to do in terms of making an income? Because Mm -hmm. to play soccer, you gotta be on your feet. To coach soccer, especially as a goalkeeper, coach, you got to be on your feet and serving balls. And I tore my right Achilles and I'm right-footed. So I'm just like, what am I supposed to do now? I'm like, that's when life really hit me because now I can't even do what I normally could do. Like wrist surgery, obviously I can't do anything goalkeeper-wise, but stuff with my feet, footwork, fitness, all that stuff. Shoulder, same thing. Once I could run, fitness, all that fun stuff and touch work. Um, But when it was a lower body injury and I couldn't do anything, that's when like i said life really took a turn and i was like i gotta figure out a plan b because i never did have a plan B. it was only plan a play soccer play soccer play soccer um and then once i did my achilles um i came back in like three and a half months like i had surgery april 17th of 2018 i got cleared to play august 13th of that year you know and i played for barbados and Three games we were at Guyana, home to El Salvador, and home to uh, Nicaragua. And I actually earned a contract uh, with the Richmond Kickers um, right at the end of 2018 um, after coming off of the Achilles. But what happened was, and those were, we were back and forth, there's negotiations, and ultimately it didn't work out, obviously. Uh, But I obviously thank them, um, you know, for trusting in me and, you know, giving me another opportunity. But like the money side of it was what made me really not continue to play. Um, because the injury happened first, which made me think, what happens next? But um, when I found, you know, what I'm doing now, that's what really put in perspective. I was like, man, like I'm making a fifth of what I'm supposed to make next year in a matter of five weeks, compared to what I'm only going to be making, you know. It's, and it was just that's where the logic side of it just set in, and I was like, I think it's just time for a transition until something that makes more logical sense
0: comes about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you know, that's interesting. I mean, like you said, you, you really didn't even, you really didn't even think of a plan B until you literally could not walk. Right. That's, that's how much, you know, that's, that's how much, uh, I would say, you know, like just, just devotion and, and, and just your mindset was just so set on that, on that, that, that kind of playing, playing soccer aspect of it. And, you know, what, I guess, you know, when you when you were going through that period and, and you mentioned that, you know, mentioned a little bit about um, your, your career transition into what you're doing now and, and and the money aspect of things. And, you know, what what was that that period like for you when when you finally hung up those boots and and you realized like, oh, OK, you know, this is the plan B. You know, what was that that transition period like for you? And, and um, you know, did you find it an easy transition to, to kind of do what you're doing right now in your career?
1: Um, you know what, the, the, I think the the real life, I think the physical or like the everyday world life transition happened during my recovery time because what happened was, I kid you not, Greg, like, you know, you talk about grinding just to make ends meet, man. I mean, I was grinding to make ends meet and I remember I was coaching in Delaware and um, the club that I was coaching for, um, they relate late paying us, um, and my rent was due. I couldn't pay rent and like at that point man I had like just a mental breakdown like I was just like I got literally like $15 in my account (laughs) I got $15 in my account right now and I still got a coach tonight like some privates just to get gas you know what I'm saying like and like I just had like a mental breakdown and I'm just like man I can't keep doing this like and that's where like you know the logic side kind of came in I was like you know I gotta find something else Um, and um, so that happened I want to say like I want to say that was probably it was in the fall for sure so it had to have been like between like late august and maybe early october something along those lines um and then um obviously now my wife but back then my girlfriend she was living in pittsburgh and for me i didn't want to be in delaware anymore i was like man i got to get out of delaware and then you know you know move somewhere different so i was like no, i'll move to pittsburgh um i'll come out here just I'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying. I was moving out here for her, and like I still want. I had. I still had a big desire to play, and I knew Richmond was kind of on the table. But I was like, you know, I'll have Pittsburgh be my home base instead of being Delaware because you know I still had a couple friends that played out here, and I like the area. I could a lot of things that I could do, um, and I was like, I'll figure it out. Like you know, you know, I, I'll find something. You know, I'll find something to make it work. And you know, I just I touched up my resume. I threw it out there. And then I woke up the next morning, I did this at like one o'clock in the morning. Like I was up there in my resume, day, resume extended out. The next morning I had like five phone calls and, e- and emails from like a whole com- a whole lot of different companies. I was like, all my resume said was soccer. Like I played soccer, I played soccer. Like, you know, I don't have any other real experience besides that. And I was like, well, that's positive, right? Somebody sees an interest in me. And I never thought in a million years, Greg, um, that I'd be in business. I never thought in a million years that I'd be in sales. Um, but it worked out well for me. I mean, when I first started doing it, um, you know, like I said, I'm like, um, like prime example, like the contract that I would have had with the Richmond kickers, if I remember correctly, it was either 20 or 25,000 for the year. Plus, uh, sorry, 20, 20, 25,000 for the year, but not including housing. Right. So we were just talking about the money aspect of it. When I started doing the whole sales thing, um, my first like six or my first six to eight weeks, I already made over like $6,000 in terms of the sales side of it. Right. I was between eight to a thousand, I was like 800 to a thousand bucks a week in, you know, pay. And I did the math. I was like, "Hmm, if I'm, if I'm making, you know, you know, $6,000 in about seven to eight weeks, I was like, let me times that times that by two. So it was like 16 weeks. I'd be at, you know, 12,000. I was like, well, I'm already almost halfway to $20,000 with, not the same amount of time. I'm just like it just doesn't make sense at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like it just yeah. didn't make it just didn't make sense. You know, and I was like, I didn't not want to go to Richmond because I did. Like I still wanted to play, and I I had the urge to play for sure. And I and I, I, I from the conversations I was going to, I was going to play a decent amount, but I couldn't take that financial hit because one thing that I learned also in Harrisburg and then also not playing was like you know financial struggles are real. Like you know the stress that comes with that the. Uh, you know the not not being able to pay your bills on time. Obviously, you talk about credit scores and you know trying to be you know you think future down the line. Like that stuff was real, um, and I was like, man, I'm not I'm not ready to put myself in another financial situation. Like I'm just I just can't do it. Um. So you know after stalling and stalling, they found another goalkeeper. I said, hey man, it's all good. Yeah. You know, and then I'll just and for me, I still wanted to play, so I was up early going to the gym, still getting sessions in just in case I did get a call again, um, but. If it didn't happen, I was okay with it too. Um, But like the, it wasn't, I think that transition from playing, I mean, from to playing to from playing happened way before I made that actual decision to hang it up. And just became, that came from life decisions of just our life, like when life happened to you, it was like, yeah, I just can't afford to play anymore. You know, that was really kind of what happened more than anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, unfortunately that's, that's the harsh reality, right? Sometimes and, and that's, that's when it really hits, you know, players when we're, you're, you're trying to make a living out of, out of something and, and, you know, you, life happens, you know, you, you, you meet somebody, you get married and there's different things that, that you're thinking about mm-hmm. in that, in that sense. So, um, you know, what would you say if, if, if there was one lesson um, that like the biggest lesson that you've learned from the transition process outside of sport from sport retirement. Um, what would you say that, that, that biggest lesson is?
1: There's life outside of sports for sure. Like there's like, even though like I had plan A and only plan A um, there's a whole nother world outside of you know athletics. Um, and there's a whole nother world outside of, you know, playing any sport at a high level. Um, and you know, life is going to go on, like, you know, we can, we can only play soccer, football, baseball, whatever, for a short amount of time in our life, but the rest of our life is still there. And that transition is going to be tough because, you know, even like, prime example, when COVID hit, right, everything shut down, I can't go to the gym, can't work out, can't do anything. And then now I'm really just like, well, what do I do? Because I can't work. And that's where I took a lot of my competitiveness and put it into sales because, you know, we got competitions and bonuses and challenges. I'm just like, great. I love, I like fighting for something, you know? And that's where I kind of put that, um, uh, transitioned into, um, when I'm COVID hitting, nothing could be done. I'm just like, man, I can't even work out like I used to, you know, like I used to still go to the gym, like hour and a half. I was still doing coach white workouts. Like I was still, <laughs> you know, I was still on top. Oh yeah. I was still on top of it for sure. Um, and not being able to have that is like the, for the athlete in, in my world, that was the outlet. That was the, you had a long day, man, you can go take it out on the soccer ball. You can go take it out on the gym. You can go take it out doing whatever. Um, and not having that, I feel like that's when people we talk about mental health and things of that nature word becomes a real thing because, you know, your self talk is the most important talk you're going to have with yourself or with anybody on a day in day out basis. And if you're not, if your self talk is not positive, you could find yourself in a dark place really quickly. Um, and it's just having those different outlets that you gotta have that are positive that are gonna keep the train moving in the right way. And it's just for me, it's just finding what that was for me and making sure I just put all my energy and effort towards that. So, you know, that side of it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great. I mean Essentially, that's that's the the whole uh, the whole idea of the show, right? Is that there is life after mm-hmm. sports. So, being that that's that's the biggest lesson you've learned is is that life outside of sports is. Um, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And and are you last question? Are you and in, in, you know? I know that you're you're obviously a you're a big soccer fan, you, you know, you're, you're still working out. You mentioned still doing coach white workouts, which was, uh, for anybody listening our, our uh, strength and fitness coach at Providence, who was no joke a guy from Staten Island no and gave it to you as, as, as it is. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, you know, are you still involved in the game and, and, and if so, how? Yeah, a little bit. actually
1: funny. I was actually talking to my wife about this last night. We had a, we we're having a fire, um, out in the backyard and, um, you know what, like, don't get me wrong, like I still love soccer, and I, and, I, and I love watching the Champions League and Premier League and things like that, um, but just with my day-to-days in terms of what I'm responsible for, um, you know, it, sometimes it's, it's uh, physically taxing and mental taxing, you know what I'm saying, because, like, when I coach, I'm strictly doing goalkeepers, so, like, I'm either hopping in with them, or I'm serving, or whatever the case is, and, you know, after a while, the body just gets fatigued on top of everything else that I have to do in terms of running my business and things of that nature. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple months in terms of my um, involvement. But, you know, soccer is obviously still a big part of my life. It's always will it be. You know, um, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. But yeah, it's, um, that's it's just coaching. I'm just coaching right now. I was coaching at Duquesne University for a little bit um, for this past year when I opened up my, my office. Um, I'm doing some stuff with some youth clubs right now on the side. Um, Tuesday and kind of Wednesday nights and some individual sessions here and there. That's why my schedule is so crazy because I'm like Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm coaching till like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night on top of it. I'm just like, come back next day, exhausted and kind of go to the gym at 5 a.m., which makes it tough. But uh, It's just one of the, it's just one of those things where you're just trying to, you know, it's only 24 hours in the day and just trying to manage it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I try my, my hardest to, you know, I got a, I got a decent commute to work and the only time I could really go to the gym is about like a, f- 5 30 6 a.m type workout so i try to do that as much as i can but but yeah it's tough life gets in the way you still want to get you know six seven hours of sleep and all that so um <laughs> listen,
1: if i can get if i can get if i can get six hours of sleep that's a good night you know, what <laughs> if i can get six hours man we, we're cooking with grief the next day yeah Dude.
0: really really well uh well listen So this was great we'll hold it there um really appreciate just just your your insight and um you know i didn't even know like you know because i i remember following you know providence after i left and when you guys went on that that huge run and i remember going to the new york cosmos games and 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 seeing you i think i saw you play a couple times and i would have never known that you had some you guys were going through some sh- shoulder stuff because i was like he's never took a day off you know so you never i never yeah. remember you getting surgery or, or even sitting out any game so um that you know that's crazy and and you know Listen, kudos to you for for just kind of, you know, that, that, that fake it till I make it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Gosh, just yeah, grind it out it. and, um, and you, out you obviously, you know, um, created a, a great career for yourself outside of soccer and in, in marketing and sales and, and, and having your own business. So, um, you know, and I'm sure that you've, there's so much from soccer that, that has taken you to this route and, and, and made you successful yeah. in that realm. So, um. Listen, man. It was it was it was great having you. I really appreciate just your you know your, your honesty and, and and your openness. And I think this will be this will be huge. I think this is a you had a, a really big just um you know I don't want to say like a comeback story or just a big you know you really had a really kind of inspirational story in terms of what you're doing outside of sports now. So um, really appreciate having you on the show and um and uh, it's been it's been great, man.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Listen, anytime any other time you need me, feel free to reach out.
0: <laughs> All right, Kizo, it's been real. So uh we'll talk soon, man. Yes, sir. I'll
1: catch you later.